Welcome to another bonus episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Brian Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk all about the new podcast and show. My new show is going to be called Chef Brian's Food for Thought, and it's going to be on YouTube as well as a podcast several times per week. And then we want to talk about my latest addiction. It's called uh, it's a YouTube phenomenon called scam baiting. It's where these YouTubers find these call centers out of India who are trying to rip people off for thousands of dollars and uh, basically <laughs> baiting them into uh, giving them information so they can use it against them and send it to the authorities. I want to talk about the scam and then I want to talk about how you can protect yourself from these scams or your grandparents and those who are the most vulnerable in these types of scams. And then we're going to talk about the moral and ethical implications of these types of scams and the sensationalism of it on YouTube. While it is a lot of fun to watch these scam scam baiters on YouTube, we do have to think about the entertainment value versus the actual real dangers and threat and what does that say about us as people in a, in a weird way we have to kind of think about it this should probably not be entertainment but it's it's so entertaining i can't help it i'm addicted and then we're going to talk about the television show on netflix called uh, wednesday of course that's wednesday adams from the adams family we're going to talk about our review and uh what the uh, show is all about, you know, misfits and being different and how we can uh, embrace our inner weirdo. And then lastly, because the times are so mediocre and sometimes so awful and unkind, how do we live our lives more boldly and kindly in these unusual times? Thank you so much for being a friend and supporter of the show. If you want to help us out, come on over to my Linktree. That's Linktree forward slash Chefrite Comedy. And let's begin. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chefrite Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I've got my wonderful, beautiful host. She's the co-host with the most. Her name is Rebecca Russell. She's my wife. She's my partner. She's all that in a bag of chips. Please say hello to the folks. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So, did y'all get through Christmas, ladies and gentlemen? I hope so. Uh, Welcome back, you guys. So this is going to be a bonus episode. We're going to talk about a handful of things that are sort of on my mind as of late. We're going to talk about uh, the new podcast coming out this month for February at the latest. And uh, we'll tell you the name and how you can subscribe to it and all that good stuff. We'll tell you about the YouTube channel. And then we're going to talk about uh, Christmas and New Year's Hangover. You know, and I don't mean a literal hangover (laughs) where you're like, oh, too much booze. I mean, <clears throat> we get through all the holidays and, and, and everything's done. You got Christmas presents on the floor that have no home yet. You got Christmas decorations up and you got to do all this stuff to put it all away. And you just don't want it to end for one. But you also don't want to you don't want to have to do all the work that it takes to get back to good because then it reminds you that it's a new year and there's no more holidays. And yeah. and then what what positive thing do you have to look forward to? And so we're going to talk about that. You know what I mean? Yep. And then I want to talk about Jeremy Renner. If you guys don't know, Jeremy Renner got hurt. And we'll, we'll talk about that. I, I think he's stable, but it's scary. And it's scary times. And I want to talk about yeah. my feelings about that. And then we'll go into... Uh, uh, the new year expectation versus reality and how to stay positive and happy uh, during uh, the new year and how to make your life feel more substantial and have uh, just a sense of, of motivation in what you're doing in the new year, despite the fact that you might be uh, sort of just stagnating or you feel like you, you, you haven't, you got these new year's resolutions and you're, you're not, you say them in December, and then in January, you're like, oh, I have to stick to that oh, now? <laughs> yeah, so I want to talk about that. And then uh, I want to talk about my new addiction on YouTube. It's called scam baiting. It's a phenomenon where uh, on YouTube, there's a bunch of YouTubers who uh, uh, have you know, really opened my eyes to the scam world, where they, there's these Indian call centers uh, that basically uh, are running scams on old folks and technologically uh, disinclined folks, and they're uh, you know 
scamming people out of all their money, thousands and thousands of dollars. And it's a very common thing. And uh, it, first, I want to make you guys aware of it in case you're not aware of it. I'll let you know how the scam works. But then I want to talk about the implications of it. I want to talk about the moral implications. This is surviving empathy. I want to talk about the how do we maintain empathy in a world full of scam artists, you know? Yeah. And I want to talk about the fact that they're Indian, you know? Does it mean that we can't trust Indian people anymore? Because I love Sadhguru, and I love Indian culture. I love Indian food. And so I want to talk about how do you separate the the criminal from the crime and, and not generalize about an entire people. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. And then I got an article, lastly, uh, about uh, motivation and depression. Depression causes a state of, of disrepair. You don't feel motivated. And uh, there's an, actually an article that uh, they studied rats, and then there's a certain uh, thing in your brain that can actually increase and decrease based on depression and motivation. Because I think that's what we're all going through right now is how with seasonal affective disorder, seasonal depression, new year slump, January, you know, it's like red letter media. They say, fuck January because it just sucks. It's just a sucky time of year. The weather's shitty. Uh, you got all these things that you, you just, it's like, oh God, now a new year. I don't, I don't even know if I got through the last year. Am I still here? Am I even alive? But it's my birthday in January, so... That is true. That's good. That thing. is a good thing. Yes, indeed. So we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about how to uh, sort of find your motivation despite your situational or chemical depression. And then lastly, uh, keeping the faith in a big, big society and how to stay happy in unhappy times, okay? So there we go. Uh, starting off, uh, I wanted to let you guys know about the brand new podcast. Uh, it's going to be a lot like uh, if you are uh, familiar with Bo of the Fifth Column. He always starts off saying, you know... Uh, Howdy there, internet people. Howdy there, internet people. Yeah, and uh, and he and then he talks four, five, seven, eight, ten minutes about some subject several times per day, and you know, and it's very simple. You know, he he used to shoot it in his garage, and then when the weather wouldn't permit, he took a picture of his garage, and now he just uses it as a backdrop in his kitchen or somewhere. And uh, my point simply is, is that he's become very famous, very popular. Uh, simply just um, talking about his uh, political understanding and how the world works. And so I thought, well, I want to do something like that, too, because not only do I want people to, uh, you know, I want to be more accessible for people. I want short form podcasts where you get in, you get out and you're done. And uh, I'm thinking of videotaping that and I have Two different ways to do that. I can do that either through the DSLR, like a YouTube channel type thing, or I can just simply use kind of like a lot of people now, they just simply use their webcam, and I have one of those as well. And I think that's probably what we'll do is for the web, for the, uh, the podcast slash YouTube show, it's called Bri uh, Chef Bry's Food for Thought. It will be uh, three, four, five episodes per week, uh, just little short-form videos, um, but that will be recorded with the webcam, and then uh, for our paranormal reviews, we'll go and use, you know, full-on, you know, 4K DSLR, you know, action. We'll make it all, you know, perfect and <laughs> yummy and good, you know. But uh, what are you thinking about the new year, hon? How's your mental health? Does it suck? You know, I was doing okay, and then I woke up this morning just kind of, eh. Really? Yeah. How come? I'm not sure. I don't yeah. Know, well, I, I just realized just the second, probably because uh, yesterday was my coworker Jody's last day. She retired. And now you're... And now I'm thinking about going back to work, and... Yeah, and all the changes. She's not going to be there. You're, you're, she's not going to be there, and some of your favorite people are leaving, and, and then you talk... The new schedule, you're going to be working earlier... Which will allow you to get off earlier, which is nice. But um, is that is that bumming you out? Yes and no. <clears throat> I mean, a little bit because yeah, I'm gonna have to get up three hours earlier. But at the same <clears throat> time, I don't need to get up at noon. I can get up a little earlier. Right, so. right. I mean, yeah, it's just excessively it's, late. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's just it's it's different. So it's just kind of weird. Well, that changes a, are weird. Yeah, I, I know because you know I, I I've made all these promises, Daddy. 
<laughs> to my audience about, hey, new shows, all these things coming along, and then I have to actual depression and fibromyalgia to contend yeah. with. Uh, not to mention the insomnia and some of the feelings I get from uh, my fibromyalgia and my chronic pain and my depression and some of the anxiety that it causes. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in a state. I'm trying to get motivated to get back on the treadmill. I did it for a week and then I just kind of like fell out of it. And then the holidays happened and I allowed myself to just full on eat anything I want, drink anything I want, do anything I want. And now I'm like, oh, it's time to pay the piper. I got to get back on the horse and I don't want to get back on the horse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but we did drink uh, health smoothies today. So that's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still drinking it right now. That's right. It's pretty good. What do you it think is. of it? It is really good. It's got the hemp fiber, protein fiber, uh, 11 grams of fiber. and It's got protein in it. it it's also got the, the, the greens powder. Mm -hmm. It's got all the yum yums in there. And then it's got, of course, just regular protein powder. And then it's got uh, matcha and then uh, fruits and vegetables. It's got uh, strawberry, blueberry, and uh, banana. And I thought it was going to taste like ass, but it's pretty darn good, right? <laughs> it's good, yep. It's yeah, really good. it tastes good. I like it. And then, of course, I added a little bit of uh, vanilla creamer just to give sweeten it up just a tiny bit. Mm -hmm. But good yeah, stuff. It yeah. is good stuff. Absolutely. So, yeah, do look out for the new Chef Bry's Food for Thought. You know, all you got to do is, you know, on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts or music, it could be YouTube. Uh, music. It could be uh, Amazon. It could be Audible. It could be iHeartRadio. It could be Pandora. Wherever you get it, I'm there. And so you just got to type it in. Type in Chef Bry's Food for Thought and you will uh, hear the likes of me uh, talking all my zany antic fun. And uh, that, <laughs> you know, and that's kind of what I wanted it to be. I wanted, you know, to be able to go to be more uh, digestible. Small bite-sized pieces. I think when you do a long-form podcast, people just get, get to the point. Well, there is no point. Is there really a point to life? I don't think there is. So I'm just trying to have fun before I die. I don't know. What about you? <laughs> Pretty much. I yep. mean, you know, I am motivated to, uh, to be progressive, to fight regressive and oppressive systems, to, to have a sense of clarity and hope and purpose in life. But at the end of the day, I mean, is there really a point? I mean, the point is probably just survive. Survive. <laughs> <laughs> I think the point is just to just make make it the best you can. Yeah. And and, and at the end of the day, I just I want to put myself out there in a way where we can go viral, where people can get a chance to know who we are, our personalities. And then when you see us on camera with my blue hair and my black, you know, nails and all that, you're going to go, well, who the fuck is this weirdo? Well... Remember, I'm the same, you know, uh, goody two-shoe you've been listening to for the last two years. So don't don't judge a book by its cover, you know. <laughs> but uh, I, just, I just feel like life should be fun. Life ought to be fun. And, and I feel like society's trying to take the fun out of it. And uh, there's a lot of haters out there. And everybody's so, like, looking to, like, be a part of, like, some tribe. But they... It's like, oh, we're a part of the asshole chick tribe. And they just make up groups and always talking shit. Always talking smack. Always trying to say something mean or rude or cruel. It's like, good grief. What the fuck happened to people, hon, huh? Yeah, I, I ask myself that every day. Right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get it. Uh, but anyway, so look out for Chef Rye's Food for Thought. It'll be a lot of fun. What do you think about the new show coming? I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be nice to have, like you said, it's more like bite-sized yeah. to go along with the food theme, which yeah, is perfect. exactly. But um, yeah, because, you know, a lot of people don't have time to sit and listen to a full podcast. I mean, right. a lot of people, I think, probably do it. I don't know why I just, like, smacked my I hand. I know, I heard that. Hand. That was weird. <laughs> um, but just, you know, a lot of people put it on as background when they're doing <clears throat> stuff. But yeah. I think just little little nuggets of of wisdom or yeah i think it's a good idea it's a and, good format and i i'm gonna try recording it on youtube and making it a youtube show kind of like both they call them. now i didn't i'm not copying him i just thought no. the reason why he's so easy to take is that it's short form it's mm -hmm. just oh uh, here's a topic 
And mm-hmm. I thought, that's a yeah. really good idea. Now, will I get political occasionally? Maybe, depending on how important it is. But I, it's not yeah. going to be like all politics. It's going to be about no, life. It'll be a little bit every, a smorgasbord, as it, you will. It'll be a smorgasbord. <laughs> that's right. Staying with the culinary yep. theme. Yeah. And occasionally we will talk food. But I just, I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like society is becoming very uptight, very uh, mean-spirited sometimes. And I feel like we need to interject a little bit of life and a little bit of fun and a little bit of humor and finding purpose in life despite the fact that we're we're living in kind of mediocre times and i hate saying that because it makes me out to be the bad guy but no we come on wake up you guys do you see society getting improving vastly for the regular working class people i don't see it no so we have to create our own happiness we have yeah. to create our own sense of value and worth Yes, and having that impetus and drive to move forward. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just real quick, I want to talk about Christmas. Did you enjoy your Christmas? Did you get everything you wanted from Santa? I did. Yeah, <laughs> it was good. It was talk nice. About it. it was just I <clears throat> we just I got off work at what was it? 6 the night before, so yeah. Christmas Eve and mm-hmm. that's when we usually do the presents and stuff, but it was just nice. It was just mellow and quiet and nothing was going on which is exactly how i like it so. yeah absolutely <laughs> just relaxing and yeah and we and, tend to open presents on christmas eve it's kind of a it's been a tradition since i was a kid i think it, we always did when i was a kid did you too. really mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and i don't know why other than i was impatient and i wanted my presents a day early but <laughs> well, and my mom had always done that with her family too so it was really just kind of a so yeah. it is it is mm-hmm. kind of a tradition for some families yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so it's kind of funny that we met and we happened to do yeah, that because right? if you were really dead set on waiting till christmas we probably would have gone with that mm-hmm. just to make you feel more comfortable but i'm just like fuck yeah. it since we both enjoy it yeah it, and then it kind of leaves christmas day open for other things playing mm-hmm. with your presents exactly. or yeah whatever and i think we always <clears throat> did it that way and my mom's family too is because christmas day you've got santa claus stuff so i think it was like you get the other presents and then you got santa stuff on christmas day yeah and it's not everything all at once but right yeah but i don't know it's just yeah it's it is kind of interesting that we both always did it that way yeah because ab- not everybody does absolutely and 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 i always say that it's better to give than to receive and i truly sincerely mean that it's just that, you know, getting older, not having a million dollars in my bank account, I, I can only do so much. And that's why we're trying to build a brand here of helping, giving, caring, trying to uh, become a society of people that aren't indifferent to the plight of each other and just respecting each other's right to exist. I mean, that's really what it's all about, you know? Yeah. But that being said, tell the folks what you got for Christmas. <laughs> I got lots of stuff. Um, you gave me my master of puppets t-shirt yeah. and my metallica poster and That's my right. headbangers ball t-shirt <laughs> and my ouija board uh wallet, wallet yeah. which is amazing yeah um yeah and i got some pjs and i got a, a sewing like a little bag to put a, a sewing project in and yeah got some yummy smelly good smelling stuff and candles and yeah shoes zero shoes and a zero backpack yeah and- so i got i got her the zero shoes from nightmare before christmas the dog you know and then uh, it was meant to pair with a uh, backpack that is, you know, looks like a plush doll of Zero. Well, I ordered that first before everything else, and it didn't arrive until like three days after Christmas. I was like, "You bastards!" Right? Yeah. You ruined my whole deal. But eh, no big but deal. Presents after are good too. But you know, kinda... it got lost in the mail system. Well, I'm sure Ugh. it's Christmas. But you know, when you really think about how much is going through the post office, oh. the, the fact that we even get anything. Oh, I don't blame <laughs> the postman post office and i don't blame the post people because i think they're really cool i think i'll just go ahead and blame lewis DeJoy since he's still there he's a bastard that's perfect they need to vote his ass out already i know why is he still there i don't know anyway talking about regressive yeah um but yeah no i just i think um wait we gotta talk about what you got Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, I'm staring at a lot of it sitting on the floor right here. here. Uh, I got a um, an actual. uh, uh, It's a it's a picture of the original Evil Dead, Bruce Campbell, and it's original. um, What it's a still. It's It's a film film cell. cell I think of the original picture when it first came out, and it's probably you know one of the ones that circulated the theaters, and they. 
the the site said it is mm. ones that, that that were played in the theaters and they've just yeah acquired these movies and they cut them the all up and then and they put them in there mm-hmm. and then it's authenticated and then you have a picture of you know the poster of Evil Dead and they're side by side and it's authenticated yeah and at first I was like because the picture is of Bruce Campbell with these like they what look like kind of wired earbuds. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, you know, this is 1982. I'm like, they didn't have wired earbuds then. So I, I went to the movie, because I own it, of course. And I went there, and we were going scene for scene. I found the still, found and, it, yeah. and I took a picture of the still and the TV at the same time. And sure enough, they had wired earbuds in those days. I, You know, because I don't know why, but I was assuming they had regular like over-the-ear over the headphones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, it was it was wired earbuds. Yeah. Uh if they had wireless, that's when I would have right, called bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I got, you know, and then uh, all the Star Trek t-shirts. I'm, you know, I'm wearing one right now, NX-01. <clears throat> and then they weren't big enough because they were slim fit. I had to return them and exchange them for others. So I exchanged that one that said uh, Celebrate Diversity, which I love, by the way. And I, I probably plan on getting it again. But I'm kind of on a Starship kick right now. Mm-hmm. So I've got one that shows... Star Trek NX-01, which is from Enterprise, the TV show Enterprise. Uh, and then, uh, of course, Enterprise D, which is my favorite. And then uh, the new, you know, 1031 Discovery. And uh, mm-hmm. I just love them. They're so soft and comfortable. Yeah, it's like, oh. They're nice. But, yeah, and then I got a Star Trek book. I got a, a Baby Groot Chia Pet. <laughs> I got two <laughs> headlamps. So one is like a, like a what do you call that? One's a, a headband. And then the other one's like uh, a beanie. What, a beanie, yeah, that you got me. And uh, oh, oh, and then she's showing me right here. Yeah, the the Anthony Bourdain uh, picture that I'm going to frame, but it's just a picture of Anthony Bourdain because he's kind of my hero. And I actually, my sister is the one that told me about that, and it's an artist, you know, a drawing of a yeah. famous photo of him. But right. part of the proceeds go to. Um, like suicide prevention, right. so I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, because all my favorite people have killed themselves, and it, and it, and it, it's like when you have depression and when you have anxiety, and you see your favorite people killing themselves, it makes you wonder. They had everything, and they knew famous people. They were rich and famous. How could they not take it? You know, all my favorite people: Anthony Bourdain, Chester Bennington, Chris Cornell, have all. Um, succumbed to uh their their depression and it makes you fucking bummed and you're like ah but but so i celebrate their life and i celebrate uh the fact that they were unique individuals who uh clearly had something going on that was very deep and dark and uh i know that i have a little bit of that darkness as well and yet i try so very hard not to let life become so serious and that's why the whole chef fry comedy brand is so important to me because it's it's a celebration of fun, of joy, and of giving each other a break. You know, I, I just feel like we're becoming a society that's uh, so sophisticated and yet, you know, so regressive at the same time. It's like you can't be forward-thinking and regressive at the same time. It cancels itself out. You either have to move forward and be kinder or not. And so I feel like a lot of these, like, like woke liberals... It's like, get a fucking clue. You're trying to be more forward-thinking, and yet you're becoming more hateful, and you're canceling yourself out because you're an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you see the right, the right wing, they're just completely gone. It's like, good grief. Yeah. With their guns and, like, and their photos of their guns. And I was like, Jesus Christ. I was in the Army. I shot guns. I was an ammunition specialist. You can bet your ass I shot guns, but... I didn't, that didn't like, you know, when I got out of the army, I didn't feel this great desire to own every gun. I never bought a gun afterward. Now, I have gone shooting with friends many times. It's been a while, but, you know, I I was, you know, an expert at munitions. That's what I did in the army. And yet, I didn't end up with a gun fetish. So, what's the deal there? I don't get it. I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) like, my dad owns guns. He's never taken a picture of himself with his guns. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like, how... Why can't you own guns without it becoming some fetishized bullshit? You know, good mm-hmm. grief. Um, but anyway, what are anyway. you going to do? So <laughs> Christmas and New Year's hangover. How do you get motivated when Christmas 
presents are all over the floor. You got nowhere to put them and the tree's still up and shit's everywhere and you just don't feel energized to get motivated because the sun's not out and blah, blah, blah. How do you stay motivated in the new new year? And do you have any resolutions and do you plan on sticking to them? No. (laughs) (laughs) Explain. Well, I... I really don't have anything like this is my resolution. Like, yeah. you know, I've got it in the back of my head. Like, sure. I want to try to eat better and yeah. work on cross stitch stuff more instead of playing on my phone so much. And so that's kind of, it's just there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then as far as getting motivated, it's really hard because, mm-hmm. yeah, the weather's shit. It's gray. And yeah, I don't want to put the Christmas stuff away because, especially all the lights and things, it, it it's a nice it contrast from it, the gray. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah. that's one reason I don't like getting that stuff away. Um, some of the little knickknacky stuff I don't mind putting away as soon, but mm-hmm. the lights definitely keep my spirits up a little bit. So that's why those stay up. Well, yeah. some of them stay up year round. So. Well, I think last year we didn't put stuff away till February. It was February. Yeah. <laughs> Our tree was up until February or well, something. I yeah. tend to think that January doesn't count. It's kind of like getting the ball rolling into the mm-hmm. new year. Yeah. And that's why I told folks, you know, I'm not going to start all this until February because January is kind of like, I don't know, cleaning up your act, getting yeah. everything put away, getting things sorted. I, I went on my computer. I had like 98 gigs of of of. You know, like, because I, I have that cloud storage, mm-hmm. and I have it through Google and through uh, Windows because I'm disorganized on my computer. I'm very organized <laughs> in real life, but on my computer, I was just letting it stack up, and it was using up all my space. And so I got everything, like, reorganized, and everything's clean. I went through my Google Photos and got everything cleaned up, and I just, you know, had to get my internet life and my computer mm-hmm. life sorted for the yeah. new season because I was going to have all these new things coming out and I didn't want to have a just a fiasco of files everywhere. So I got it all yeah. cleaned up and it feels good, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um but yeah, I mean it's it's hard to get motivated this time of year and that's why I want to go into this article at the end about how do we stay motivated and what are the implications of this article. Um but can you give folks really just a kind of a f- cookie Fortune cookie, two cent, uh, you know, uh, advice on how do you stay happy in in sort of like uh, uh, underwhelming times this time of year? Yeah, I just try to make a conscious effort to do it. Yeah. Like realize what things you you enjoy doing and make an effort to pick it up and make an effort to do it. That's like me with my fitness. As soon as Mm -hmm. I run, I feel like I'm back on the wagon. And it's been a month since I've truly worked out and it's funny because i'll write i'll write a workout be very proud of it and then the next day i'm like i'm not doing all that (laughs) (laughs) so then i'll rewrite it and i know that sounds funny because you know i rewrite it all the time and it's like i almost enjoy thinking about working out more than actually doing it and i know (laughs) that i gotta get motivated but i think i finally have it where it's like doable because i mean i've got other things to do i've got Three shows to work on. I don't have time to work out as much as I wrote that. I remember it coming out years ago. They've done studies that even thinking about working out gives you a little bit of benefits of working out. It does. It keeps you motivated. (laughs) Yeah. And it does seem to have uh, health implications where (laughs) I do feel better thinking about keeping my fitness close to my heart. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, even though I'm not always doing it as much. um, And that's the thing. Like, I wrote it for the ideal and then I'm like, well, Brian, just do what you can. And then I looked at it, and I've got a chest workout. I've got a shoulders workout. I've got an abs workout. I've got, you know, eight to ten exercises per body part, legs. And I'm like, you can't do all this. <laughs> Are you insane? And so I had to find a workout that was going to be balanced and, and allow me to get in and get out within an hour um, at least three to, you know, f- I like to shoot for three times a week, um, and then uh, running two or three times a week. So I am working out three, four times, maybe five times a week, but it's, you know, cardio and then weights. And I kind of separate those, but I've noticed that when I do that, like I'll run and then I don't want to work out the next day. So I'm like, no, run first, then work out. So that, so, I'm, mm-hmm. and then do abs first, abs first, then other body parts, because, your, your, your abs get neglected. They're like, eh. 
you know and so you gotta you know you gotta prioritize so i got it all figured out i'm excited about it uh now i just gotta get motivated because you know i've yeah. been going through migraines the last two days mm -hmm. and uh i think the, that had something to do with my depression as well i, I oh, seem to absolutely. get very irritable That's, yeah it's when I get a migraine. And I know it's from the weather. It's just funky out there, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say to people that are just sort of like sick of their job, sick of their family, sick of uh, American mediocrity? Uh, how do we uh, keep our eye on the ball when the world is just sort of neglecting its, du its duty? There's a dereliction, it feels of duty to to um, to allow the middle class to get big and robust again. The corporate corporate you know agendas have taken over. The corporate oligarchies. You got all these dipshits like Elon Musk doing nothing. And then of course you've got Democrats who care about restoring the middle class. But but if you're only if half the half the country is motivated and the other half is just all they care about is guns and Trump and bullshit. How can you, you know, sort of wake up to this reality that the world is mediocre and 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 you have this vision that's alive and, and real and fully fleshed out and you want to make an exciting life for yourself? How do you stay excited in mediocre times, frankly? <laughs> I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it helps like finding YouTubers and and things that you like that you relate to. It just kind of yeah. keeps your brain going and it makes you realize, okay, there is there are people out there that are feeling the same way and are motivated by the same things and yeah. it just kind of keeps your brain going and keeps you going a little bit, I think. Yeah, well that's why I wanted this to be a bit about mental health because it feels to me like everybody out there is sort of so the same. So excitable, so fun-loving, so sort of trivial, and it makes people who are suffering from mental health problems, I don't know, feel like uh, the world's just getting high on their, its own supply, and then they feel yeah. left behind. And so how do we get folks to understand that everybody feels unmotivated, everybody feels discouraged, even YouTubers who are doing quite well for themselves run out of juice and steam sometimes speak on that yeah well yeah i mean it happens to everybody and it's just it's hard to stay motivated um i don't really know the answer <laughs> i really don't just well, that's okay yeah just try to find things that keep you happy and keep you even a little bit motivated to do anything and just yeah concentrate on that keep it small well, and I, I often feel like where the body goes, the mind will follow. And so yeah, garbage in, garbage out. If all you're doing is drinking booze and eating Taco Bell, you're going to feel like shit. And that's kind of how I feel right now because I've been drinking alcohol at night. Not a lot. One or two mm -hmm. beers. I'm not a big drinker. Um, but I do it because of the anxiety that I'm feeling this time of year. Um, but then the net effect it has is I don't always sleep great when I drink. And yeah. I don't always feel great. When I just treat my body like a <laughs> a dumpster, <laughs> and so I'm like trying, you know, I woke up this morning like, no, we're gonna do smoothies, goddammit, and I'm glad I did it. I feel better, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's really all about uh, positivity, inertia. Keep your yeah. life and your mind uh, cl steer clear of people and things that discourage you, and just yeah. think about what's right in the world and and. Dispense with all the things that make you feel bad. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, I, I, I on the one hand, it's kind of funny. Like when I, when we're, we've been watching a lot of this scam baiting. It's a, you know, YouTube phenomenon where you have several YouTubers uh, that are doing, doing good work, I think, mm -hmm. whether they're, you know, mission is to become famous or their mission is to help i think it's somewhere in between but at the end of the day there are call centers in india and i want to talk we'll go into that now there's call centers that basically the way you want to set up how the scam works yeah um so they will either cold call people or they'll send out emails that look like they're legit because they say Norton or McAfee or Microsoft or Geek Squad yeah. saying um, it's time to renew or you haven't renewed or some some nonsense. Something to say that you, you owe this money 
Yeah. Um, because your Norton is expiring yeah. or your McAfee is exactly. expiring or your Geek Squad is expiring or whatever. Yeah. Right. So people will call them mm-hmm. back and they'll say, oh, we need you to open up your bank account so we can give you this refund. Yeah. So the way it works is that the, they'll have you download what's called AnyDesk which is a remote desktop tool that allows them to gain access to your computer. And then once they do that, they have you go into your bank account to pretend like they're going to give you a refund. And then at that point, they'll either put something on the screen or they'll somehow distract the person into not looking at their screen or they'll put up a fake update, Windows Mm -hmm. update or something that hides the fact that they're going into the HTML code. So anytime you right click on any website, there's what's called HTML. And that HTML, you can modify anything to look like legit. And so what they'll do is they'll go into the number amount and pretend like you... First, they'll have you uh, put in the number that they are going to refund you and then yeah, it's usually like two hundred or right. And then they'll add a couple of zeros to it mm-hmm. and say, "Oh, look what you did, ma'am! You added too many zeros." Yeah, so and, you made it thirty thousand instead of three hundred. Right. Yeah. And then they'll go have you log into your bank, and then th- what they'll do is they'll prove it by showing that your bank account now has this extra money in it by just simply screwing with the HTML code to look like it's there, even though it's not there. And then what this is the part that gets me every time is they convince these folks to literally drive to the bank while they're on the phone with the person and get this money out. And if they can't get it all at once, they have to do it several times. And if that doesn't work, they have them go to Target or Best Buy and use Google Play cards or uh, Target gift cards or whatever and they'll then have them either uh, send it to them, the money, or they'll have them um, give them the reference numbers. The, you know, they'll scratch the back and have them give them the numbers to redeem these gift cards. And then, and what they're doing is they're scamming elderly people and people who don't have a lot of technological prowess yeah. mm-hmm. uh, into losing their life's savings. And they have absolutely yeah. no predilections on whether or not they hurt these old people or not no and they do it by playing on their emotions they'll be Mm -hmm. like oh you hit this number even though the person did not hit that number and now i'm gonna lose my job and this and that yeah so they either they either guilt trip you into Mm -hmm. saying that they're gonna lose their job or they scare you or they scare you and saying if you don't give the money back we're going to arrest you right and in you know, like you and I will mm-hmm. look at that and be like, wow, that's obvious. But, you know, people that are lonely, people that are older, that don't have the technological savvy well, or just would, yeah. don't understand things like that. Well, and all they would have to do to see that it's fake is go into their real bank account when the guy's off the f- computer, turn off the remote access, go into the computer and then go yeah, look at your account he, and see that yeah. it's not there. Yeah. But, but if, they don't do that. No, because they don't. They don't understand no. how the stuff mm-hmm. works. Exactly. Right. So they see the numbers and then they get scared and then they get manipulated. And, um, and, 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 and I wanted to talk about that, first of all, because there's many, you know, there's many different layers to this. On the one hand, it's highly entertaining to watch these scam bait YouTube channels mess with these call centers. Some of them just mess with them and use up a lot of their time, which is kind of a way of sort of uh, just screwing with them enough to discourage their behavior. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like with Scammer Payback, with Pierogi, he actually reverse hacks their computer and steals all their files and deletes them. And that, a lot of times, they can either delete it or they can send that to you know uh, law enforcement yeah. so that they can understand it. But the problem is that in India, there's a lot of corruption and payoffs. And so India doesn't seem like they're in a big hurry to tackle the problem. Although there have been a handful of raids, um, it seems like uh, they're getting more and more technologically uh, sophisticated and savvy to the point where they're learning ways to avoid detection or learning ways to simply pay off uh, people. And, And the scary part of this that I find is that a lot of these people they work in buildings where there are a lot of legit call centers. And and worse than that, a lot of these people will work during the daytime for legit call centers 
only to work for an illegitimate scam call center in the evenings. And so a lot of times they have the legitimate and illegitimate businesses working in conjunction with each other in order to have this sort of um, facade of legitimacy and so that, that people can't tell the difference between scamming and legitimate call centers. Yeah. And I find that really disturbing. Yeah. Well, and that's why, like, I, you know, where I work, we deal with Western <clears throat> Union and we deal with gift cards and things. So it's part of training. Like, if, mm-hmm. you know, especially if an elderly person comes in and wants to all of a sudden send $3,000 to India and they can't tell you who it's going to or where, how they know this person yeah, or if they know right. this person, it's, it's red flags. Well, yeah, they just... They end up just uh, manipulating these old folks, and they scare them half to death. And the sad thing is, is it's very, you know it's addictive. We've been watching a ton of it, and uh, and then there's also a thing where what they'll do is they'll have you mail the money somewhere in the United States, like California, and then they have what's called a cash mule that will pick that up at an Airbnb or a place that is a, a rental property. And then they'll pick that package up and then somehow they'll get that package to the original recipient, which is usually the call center. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, I mean, we were watching a video last night where, I mean, some of these scam baiters are really good hackers and they'll hack their CCTV and all that. And <clears throat> it made me wonder whether or not that was legit or not. But I think it is. I think... Mm-hmm. There's technological savvy people oh, who yeah. can hack into almost anything, especially when when they when you download any desk to your remote desktop, that's also allowing you access onto their desktop. And mm-hmm. from there you can get on their webcam, you can get on their CCTV, you can get into their phone system, etc. And uh <clears throat> the thing that I find that the most disturbing was uh the the casualness in which these people operate. In other words, uh, they have a boss, like a very wealthy man, and, and they celebrate the holidays. They they all dress normal like a business office. In other words, they act purely legitimate 365 days a year, um, and and yet they they – Half of the part of their business might be legitimate and part of their business is illegitimate and they don't seem to discriminate on whether or not they're destroying lives or not. And I find that weird how casual it can be. And it makes you wonder, are all people in India corrupt? No, of course not. I love people like Sadhguru. He's Indian. Uh, We watch a YouTube channel called uh, Shan Watches Movies. He's from Bangladesh, which is in India. So uh, speak on that. How do we um, uh, hate the player and not the game? In other words, how do we allow... We can't... Hate the game and not the player. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But yeah. I just mean to say, you know, it really does put a bad taste in your mouth about the corruption in India. And how do we sort of um, process that that horrible corruption and still not make it a racial thing or not oh, disparage their have, culture and heritage. Yeah. Well, that shit happens here, too. So oh, it's yeah. just, I mean, it, it just it originates just seems to, more there. Because, because there's more yeah. corruption and it's yeah, easier to get but, away with it there, I think. But yeah, you just have to, I mean, just be a human and treat people as humans and, mm-hmm. you know, go on an individual basis. And Well, it you know, when I bought my Dell computer last year and I was having all those troubles with it, and then I was having to give them remote access onto my computer so that they could see that it's not working right. And I was trying to produce a, this show here. And I was having audio quality issues. I was having buffering issues, etc. cetera. Um, and they couldn't figure out what it was. But talking to those people and then hearing this, I, it was hard for me to, 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 to grasp that those people I was talking to could have been scam artists in their off time. Except when you were dealing with people, you were going through real numbers that were off of real websites. Yes. You weren't going off a phone of number course. that was sent to you in a random email. So that's right. where the difference is. That is, is the that- difference. But but it does make you wonder whether or not like Microsoft and Apple and all these big tech companies, uh, do they hold themselves accountable when they allow you know, their... their, their 
tech service to be ran by corporations out of India, firms out of India that may or may not be on the up and up. It seems to me like, you know, I know they do it to save money because it would cost a fortune to do here in the States, but at the end of the day, do they hold themselves accountable? I I often wonder, and I want to look into this further and investigate whether or not tech firms are... uh, you know, vetting these companies properly, because how do we know that the IT services that you're working through, even though they are Microsoft employees, how do we know that in their off time, they're all, they're not also doing scam baiting, you know? You don't, but yeah. And that's where I think it, it, it needs to be taken care of on our end also, because like I get that training as part of Western Union mm-hmm, yeah. and anybody that sells gift cards and does works at a bank or whatever gets that kind of training. But you can't tell me that some overworked, underpaid person at Target is going to give a shit if somebody's coming in and buying thousands of dollars worth of gift cards, Yeah, even though it's probably for something like that. And like somebody like me, yeah, if I saw that happening, I would question it. And we have procedures for documenting things and stuff, but a lot of people on this end of it just don't give a shit. Yeah. So it could be stopped and a lot of it could be yeah. cut off here, but people don't care. Well, when we, when, I, when we first discovered this phenomenon on YouTube about scam baiters, um, these are people who are, you know, taking it upon themselves to work with law enforcement to gather evidence and to observe and report what's going on. And yeah, it's become kind of to the point where it's become almost entertainment fodder. Uh, but at the same time, they are doing they, the, yeah. the, the good work exactly. that yeah. I think does help discourage scam baiters because a lot of times, you know, especially when they hack, counter hack their computers, they can delete files. And uh, these are files of victims. These are files of people who they've scammed, etc. <clears throat> and they can take that information and give it to law enforcement. So I do think they're doing good work. Um, but when I first discovered it, um, it made me feel so jaded about society. And now that I'm sort of growing used to it, I guess I'm just like, you know, the world is just a big place. There's, it's full of bad people and it's full of good people. But how do you sort of get over the disparity that you feel when your eyes are exposed to such rampant, grotesque, robbery of people yeah and 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 not to mention the the reverse racism they i don't think they like white people i don't think they like americans i don't think they like you know they think that we're all a bunch of spoiled rotten entitled no good sons of guns but that's not true either and so how do we sort of get through the racial tension that this type of phenomenon creates you just have to be aware of yourself and your thoughts and what you're yeah. you're allowing to come into your brain and just kind of make sure that you're being intelligent about it and not yeah. making assumptions and well yeah you know i mean am i leery of anyone with an indian accent now yeah i can't help it and it, and then i feel like i'm i feel guilty for that because i i don't dislike indian culture i like indian people i like indian culture i love indian food don't even get me started um but i don't want to think about an indian accent being synonymous with scammers that it it, it does something to your brain once exposed to the depths of this grotesque crime enterprise it makes you realize that good god it starts making you realize that you have to recheck your uh your uh, not racism, but your your uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> <laughs> your prejudices. Your prejudices. Your, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Your you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I don't want to see Indian culture as being synonymous with this dirty, deceptive thing. So, how do we sort of keep that in check? Do you think? You just like <clears throat> I just said, you just have to be aware of it. Yeah, and realize if you're kind of going down that path of kind of putting everybody into a box and but let me ask you if you were to get a phone call or an email and you called them back and they're indian and you could hear their accent would would you not now knowing what you know be a lot more uh just feeling a sense of uh, like i don't want to talk to this person maybe 
But it's kind of always been that way, only because, for one, I know companies are outsourcing so they can take advantage of people in poorer countries. Exploitation labor. Exploitation. Right. That's why we talk about regressive systems. And it's not that I mind, you know, talking to someone with an accident. It's just sometimes I literally can't understand them. Yeah, yeah. So that just makes it difficult. It's hard, yeah, when you can't understand what they're saying. Yeah, so it's not even, like, because of a prejudice or a personal thing. It's just because, literally, I... I can't understand right. you. Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, and so. some of them have really good English, and then others, like uh, the one we watched yesterday, she sends it to her quote-unquote boss, and then that dude could barely speak English at all. Yeah. And I was like, I, I, bring well, back thing, Priya. I couldn't yeah. understand well, you. Well, the thing that I was mentioning <laughs> to you, because it's been in two of the things that we've watched now, they're saying that they're in Redmond, Washington, D.C., and, they and they're not <laughs> even differentiating between Redmond, Washington, and Washington, D.C., yeah. which are two two opposite ends of the country. Yeah. And that is a huge red flag That's a red right flag there. as well. I mean, yeah. So, at the end of the day, I mean, I just wanted to bring that up, not only to bring it to people's attention, um, it is fun to watch on YouTube, but it, it's kind of good for a laugh, because they kind of, they fuck with these call centers, and it, it to, 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 they want to learn about them. They want to learn their names, and we got. They're trying to get as much info as possible. Um, but you sometimes, when watching these scam bait videos, they're so funny because they, you know, change their voice and they pretend to be someone they're not to to bait these call centers into thinking they're legit. And a lot of times, um, you forget while watching these funny videos that at the end of the day, this is a deadly serious thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's why when I watched the one from Trilogy Media, when they went to go confront a money mule at their apartment, mm-hmm. that's when I realized, God, that's scary. And it's yeah, a good thing that is. one of the guys, the Russian guy, is a big buff dude. Because, yeah. you know, you could get shot. You could get hurt. And you don't know who's involved. And so I find it yeah. very scary that it these is, media yeah. companies would take it upon themselves to confront people because me, myself, I'm a big army dude, but I don't want to deal with anyone that anytime you put a, a, a criminal under pressure, you are putting yourself in well, yeah. dire risk. Well, yeah, and that's you know? what, I mean, they mm. consider themselves journalists. I mean, and that's that's what journalists do. And yeah. it's scary because well, a lot of times you don't have something concrete to actually get law enforcement involved. Well, so technically, we are independent journalists as mm-hmm. well. And while I have no problem uh, doing the grunt work, doing the dirty work that it takes to uncover the truth, um, you're not going to see me drive up to Portland and start hanging in the Shanghai tunnels waiting for you know kidnappers to you know kidnap me it's not going to happen now i'm sure it doesn't <laughs> exist anymore but i'm just using that as an example because well, we're up going, here you go on ghost tours there now go, yeah yeah well i was just using it as an <laughs> example because we're nowhere near la anymore yeah. um but but i just mean to say that um it's a scary phenomenon and it's easy to mm-hmm. forget how much i mean at the beginning of that video they played <clears throat> a woman whose friend killed herself because her life savings got scammed out of yeah. her and she and she had dementia, early dementia, and she had no way to recover the funds and her yeah. whole life was ruined and she killed yeah. herself. And so it's a very serious topic. And and so sometimes when watching these scam bait, scam bait channels, while it can be funny, we have to understand the greater risk, the greater danger, and the greater implications that these people have no discrimination when it comes to ruining lives. They do it in America. They do it in Europe. They do it all over the country. And um, uh, it makes me wonder how a culture, because I I think there's a lot of Indian people who have a proud heritage and proud moral and ethical responsibility towards their heritage, how they could become so um, sort of wayward in their, you know, pursuit to scam people uh, it, it, it's it's scary. Well, it's, it's weird. It's money. I mean, people <clears throat> all over the world do shady shit to make money. So it's a lot of these people consider this, themselves religious, though. You know, and I know it shouldn't it, it shouldn't surprise us anymore. I know, but somebody who claims to be a Christian goes off and does something awful. 
it kind of makes you go, hmm. You mean like the Republican Party? Well, I yeah, mean, yeah in a sense, yes, because yeah. all these Christians doing awful things, you would think that they would know, have the presence of mind to under... I, that's the thing that I'm talking about, is that I think there's a lacking in our culture today, whether it be India or the United States, people have la- have this lacking of self-awareness of their own awfulness they're they're almost impervious to understanding that they're the fucking bad guy that they're the problem they always see themselves as the hero regardless of their bad behavior talk about that well it's it's sociopathy Mm. it's that's what sociopaths do Mm -hmm. so i think that's just good point that yeah that's kind of the heart of it i think but then i go to think about like some of these assholes that we dealt with uh, at the beginning of season four this makeup group of women who took it upon themselves to think we're these awful people when we've done absolutely nothing wrong and we, we've dedicated our lives to being good people and helping people for real, uh, the fact that they would become so hurtful and hateful uh, based on Ill, Ill evidence. They don't have the intelligence to gather evidence properly and so they're, they're using examples like, oh, well, he was mean to me. Yeah, mean to you, you're a bitch. <laughs> I mean, at yeah. the end of the day, how do we... As people deal with the um, the takeover of American culture, where a vast majority of people who aren't wise, aren't intelligent, have sort of become, uh, I don't know, cruel to each other. Speak on that. Well, <clears throat> it, you just have to kind of keep your keep your little world small. I mean, you got to yeah, know what's going on and keep an eye and ear out for what's happening in the world and do what you can, but just keep your, keep everything close. Well, as a public figure, I, I worry that I'm going to go out there and be on YouTube and it's just going to, people are going to know my name and it's going to expose me to all the sociopaths and predators out there who seek to harm you. Cancel yeah. culture, mean spirited people, scam artists, etc. They're all out there. And once they know your real name, I mean, part of me is like, Hmm, maybe I should come up with a handle or an alias, but it's too late. Too I'm already, late now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm just like, well, I guess I'll just have to, you know, grow a thicker skin. But at the end of the day, I do worry about uh, the implications of fame because, yeah, people just are nuts, dude. Yeah, they are. And mean-spirited to boot. You just have to stay aware mm-hmm. of what's happening. And yeah. like, as far as, like, these scams and things go, if you have older family members that are online mm-hmm. and do have computers but aren't very savvy just keep an eye keep on each them other aware. Just, yeah. make them aware mm-hmm. and that's why we want to talk about it because i want yeah. people to know that um this is not about race um the call center could be out of nebraska and i would feel the same way if it was all white people and i'm sure there's some white people doing it out there too but i do feel like the vast majority of corruption in the scam bait community comes largely from india and why is that? They don't have the regulations mm-hmm. to handle it. There's too much corruption and payoffs, and so um, a lot of this gets swept under the rug. Yeah, well, that happens here, and then it just in a, a country that's just so huge. Yeah, and yeah. Well, and it just, does make you think, though. I mean, because uh, do I? I don't know a lot about India. I I do know that they have. The same modern technologies we have, they have a culture and heritage. I know they have law enforcement there. But then you think about sort of the princes and the, the wealth and the all the monies that are made through oil refineries and oil wealth. And um, it, it does feel like the Middle East just is, is a hotbed of criminal behavior. And yet I don't want to treat the Middle East or India like that because... I respect their people. I respect their heritage, and so I just find it, it just it, it's it's such it's not just a disservice to our society in terms of people uh, scamming you out of your money, but also um, it's doing a disservice to Indian heritage because yeah. I want to people to be proud of their heritage and not feel like every time they hear an accent that they're going to be scammed out of their fucking money. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. Absolutely. And so I just want people to be on the lookout of all those implications that. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, we have to look out for the scam, make sure that our elderly moms and grandmas and grandpas and people aren't getting scammed. We also have to make sure and check our own prejudice, prejudices at the door. So, yeah. you yeah. know, I just wanted to talk on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Do you have anything more to say about it? Because I, I think we've covered it pretty well. Yeah, not really. Like I said, <clears throat> just kind of look out for each other. And yeah. if you are in a, a type of job like I am and you you know, you are taught about these red flags, pay attention. And, you know, if you have a chance to help somebody, do it. Yeah, and, and also, I, I think this goes without saying, but um, if you receive an email like that, ignore it. If yeah. you, and uh, put it in your spam folder. Report it to Google. Report it to whoever. Mm-hmm. And also, um, never, ever allow people access to your computer unless yeah. you know you're on the phone with Dell. Yep. Or if you know you're on the phone with a legitimate source. Mm-hmm. If you have to vet them before allowing them on your computer, do so. You know, yeah. because I, I did it with Dell, and <clears throat> they didn't have to download a third-party tool. There's a remote access yeah. on the computer exactly. itself, yeah. which makes you realize that if you are Dell, they can gain access to your Dell computer because mm-hmm. it's a Dell computer. That yeah. they, it's it's There's a program on there already built in. So if they have to go third-party software in order to... Uh, go uh, to uh, have remote access to your computer, then clearly there's something going on there. Yeah. That's a red flag. Well, and also, Mm. which is what they tell us, you know, if we receive a call saying, oh, we need to do something on your computer or one of your systems at work. Like if you receive a cold call with something like that, hang up, look up a legitimate phone number and call that number. And if it's real, they will have something on file. Yeah, exactly. You don't it's not trust hard. numbers that are just randomly well, given to you. Cause. And then the, the the ridiculousness of the scam is that 99% of it is them pretending to be a company mm-hmm. and then getting access to your computer and then changing the HTML code to, to look like you've been overpaid and then taking cash and mailing it to someone? Mm-hmm. Are you fucking yeah. crazy? Yeah. Oh, I know. And the fact is, is that old folks should know better. I mean, if... But yes, I, I know, know, but I mean, I if somebody's in I their know. 80s and they're, you know, know, they're lonely and they don't, I mean, all this technology is thrown at them <clears throat> and it's brand new and it's, oh, you know, they I don't know. really understand it. And I know it's, you know, when on the surface of it, you think, oh, how could that even happen? But when you stop and think about it. Well, I like how the scan baiters sometimes will say, well, wouldn't it be better if I just wired it to you? And they're like, well, no, 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 sir. We can't do that. We have to. You know, like yeah. they they they're trying to show the YouTube audience mm-hmm. that use your common sense. Why mm-hmm. would you? Why couldn't these people simply just wire it back to you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if yeah. it was legit, oh, yeah. you would easily exactly. be able to wire yeah. it back to them if it really happened. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I mean, the fact is, is that yeah, it, they play on people's naivety, they play on people's emotions. Um, they call them honey and I love you and you're so beautiful and all these things. They they butter them all up and mm-hmm. get them all, you know. And so, you know, like when we were watching that one by Trilogy Media, they were look there at the house and they couldn't pick up the package because that would have been a federal crime. So they called the police. The police came. They told the police what's going on and they intercepted the package. And then they saw that, okay, this woman sent, what, $25,000 in, mm-hmm. in a box and they called her and her first... Uh, predilection was to pretend that it wasn't happening. She was like, no, 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 and that didn't happen. And they had threatened her. Yeah, Yeah. right. And that's what I mean is that even Mm -hmm. when you tell them what's going on, they're so manipulated by the scam artists that they don't want to admit that they've been scammed. And so you have to prove it to them. Ma'am, mm-hmm. we know what happened and now you have to help us. And then once they get, and then they Mm -hmm. make, Mm -hmm. then by you calling out and telling them what's going on, then they start to feel stupid. Yeah. So then they'll deny it because of that. It's a lot of there's a lot of psychological layers, psychological stuff going layers, on. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So just want you guys to be aware of that. And um, but at the end of the day, I mean, I just want to end on a positive note with it is that a, I'm glad that there's entire like YouTube communities working in conjunction with each other to fight back i yeah. think it's great I love and it. hopefully yeah. you know because they've had they've had results where they've actually raided entire floors of buildings yeah they've closed down entire centers and then and three or four weeks later they'll be 400 miles away in a whole different you know part yeah. of the country mm-hmm. so you know, you know it may be not right away there won't be a long-term thing for that company but they keep following them i mean it's just it if nothing else they're a giant pain in the ass to them yeah and make their they're scamming really difficult. Yeah. So, I mean, 
better than nothing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So is there anything else to say about it? I mean, I think we've covered it pretty yeah, well. Yeah, just just look out for each other. Be aware. As we always and, should be doing. Well, that's anyway. just it. We're trying to create a society of people who look out for each other. But when you have so many hateful or independent thinking people, there's nothing wrong with being independent, but not so independent that we become regressive. Um, I wanted to <clears throat> sort of talk about that real fast. You know, regressive hardship. People in our society have had to learn to become tougher because the times are tough, because jobs are tough, because rent is high, because cost of living is uh, high and uh, wages are low. And so everybody's had to learn uh, to have strength and and, uh, determination and grit. You know, as a result of that, it has almost made society sort of cruel and mean to each other. We've, we've, We've put up our guard, so to speak. 